St. Martin's School Radio. Jordi Alba, Lionel Messi! Oh my goodness! Lionel Messi does it again, he's superhuman! Can he tee up someone in red? And it goes towards Lundgren! Ilzaka trying to help Orion Robin! They are still mired! It's a sharing up and so sorry, Jimmy! Manchester United have reached the promised land! The two substitutes have scored the two goals in stoppage time. Martin Football Show. We're on today's show. We'll be looking back at the tenth round of Premier League action as Liverpool played Brighton, Arsenal played at home to Wolves, Man City played Burnley, the big game Chelsea, Tottenham, but an even bigger game Southampton against Man United. I'll be joined again then by Alex, Lloyd, and Max to talk um, the latest round of Premier League. And Lloyd will be discussing how poor Arsenal were, and Max will be discussing whether Tottenham can. Um, can challenge for the title. Alex will be abusing me about Man United like normal. But anyway, on Friday in the um, only Friday night game, Crystal Palace lost at home 2 0 to Newcastle. Callum Wilson and Joel Linton getting the two late goals there. Um, Newcastle having both teams in the bottom half, so it was a 
must-win game, I suppose, for both teams early on in, um, well, you couldn't really say relegation battle because you'd expect them to stay up, but I suppose at this moment of time it maybe was. Um, but Newcastle, brilliant performance. Cannon Wilson getting one goal and one assist. Joel Linton the same as well, so brilliant front two for there. In the early game on Saturday then, Liverpool drew away at Brighton 1-1. A game that was full of um, VAR decisions and ridiculous decisions. They had Stadler offside. We had a missed penalty from Morpe, um, which was very unlucky for both Brighton and Liverpool. Alex, I'll start with you then. Um, should Brighton have won the game? No, I don't think so. I think Liverpool were the better team throughout the 90 minutes. Um, you know, I know they missed a penalty, but I, I still think Liverpool were the stronger team. They... They had a bit of, you know, decisions go their wrong way, but it's about time, really, because they've had a lot go their way with VAR. So, I think it's, it's, it all evens out, possibly. So, yeah, I, th- I think Liverpool probably deserved to win it overall, but I think a draw was probably a, a, a fair result. Um, Lloyd, the two offsides, obviously one was Mo Salah that um, almost put Liverpool one ahead, where it did go on the scoreboard as um, Liverpool ahead. And then there was another one where... Ben White, um, looking at the image now, was just playing um, offside from Mane, which was a late header as well. So Liverpool really should have um, won it if it wasn't for them disallowed goals. And as I said, that um, that last-minute penalty, Brighton scored as well through Gross, uh, Gross another um, a late decision which um, went in the way of Brighton. But were Liverpool unlucky? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't really say they were unlucky because the decisions were correct. Yeah. Like they weren't, they weren't like wrongly, wrongly made decisions. If they were, then I'd say they're unlucky. But they were offside goals, so I, I like, I'd say they did deserve to win. It's like, like it was a matter of like centimeters, but that again, we're still offside. But they, they were the red team, and they should have won. But they do, they do also get quite lucky with a penalty miss as well. But did, I, I, um, I think one all was probably a fair result. Was it was it a penalty in the last minutes then? It's definitely a penalty. I agree. It's yeah, definitely a penalty. He, he just he kicks his foot. He literally yeah. just kicks his foot like full force in the air. Like, there's no way that's not a pen. It's unfortunate because obviously it's it's a follow through. I suppose you could say he did get the ball, but it was all about the follow through really. And as he, you said, he uh, follows them, kicks his foot. It's a pen. It's, yeah, it is. It is. It's a penalty, and we probably can all, all agree on that. And the offside, I, I know, I'd probably say I've said the same. If it ever happened to Man United, if it's offside, it's offside, despite how harsh it is. Like the one I've got in front of me now, Marnie and, and Sal, as he was, very harsh. But, Alex, we've talked about it on the FL show. Klopp's doing his usual moaning again. You could probably put um, something on that. The Klopp has a moan about the half-12 kickoffs. Um, that they've had, but um, as a lot of people have said on on certain platforms, that the majority of Liverpool's half twelve games they've won. Now he did mention they've got um, a lot of injuries, which obviously you don't need rocket science to work out. They've got Van Dijk, who's probably out for the rest of the season. Gomez is probably out till March, April. Um, Alexander Arnold might be back in the next few weeks. Kite is out for the next few weeks. Thiago is as well. Um, Alec Oxley, Chamberlain, James Milner. Do, do you sympathise with Klopp or are you like um, Mika Richards on Match of the Day? They've got a squad of, what, 25? They should... 
Yeah, I don't sympathise with any top clubs. Sorry, I don't. I don't. I don't sympathise with any of them. I'm not saying that the half past twelve kickoff is sensible. I'm not. Why they couldn't do it, you know. I'm not. I'm not saying that, but I don't want to get the violins out because uh, I think me and you three will disagree when it comes to modern football. It's just soft. It's just get on with it. Play the game. Get on with it. Use your twenty-five man squad. And if you're feeling a bit under the weather, boys, in January go and spend four hundred million on a on a striker. It's, it's not not a big thing, is it? Come on, move on. Is it though, um, as Jason Candy said on Talk Sport, do you, do you think the TV companies like obviously BT have the rights for the half twelve and three o'clock games? Do you reckon they really care if Jurgen Klopp's moaning like that? Well, no, of course not. They shouldn't. The amount of money they play, if they want to play midnight on a Sunday night, you play. That's what gets all the money. How about we take all the money off Liverpool so they have no money to spend whatsoever, won't put any of the games on TV, and see how they'd be moaning then, wouldn't they? Oh, I can't afford a new training complex. I can't afford a new pair of boots. Blah, 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 blah. Honestly, I, 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 get, I, I, I get too narky to talk about it. Saying no to modern football is crazy. Get on with it. <laughs> Max, um, obviously, with Alex there, he's very against it. Does it really make a difference, though, if you move, for example, a half-twelve game? Obviously, if you moved it to three o'clock, it's not much of a difference. But say till, I know, half-five on a Saturday night. Does it does it really make that much of a difference? I think it, I think it definitely can, especially for, for teams that play, obviously, midweek. And it, that only really applies to... Um, to the bigger clubs who obviously play European football, and um, I mean, I think I think it would make a significant difference. But however, I I do empathise with Klopp more about the entire issue with the five substitution rule, and especially for Klopp, who's had a lot of um, in, uh, like obviously a lot of problems with injuries in his squad. Uh, having the extra um, substitutions would be useful, and um, because they were voted down uh, by the clubs, and I think Sheffield United were among some of the clubs to vote against it. And I think that sort of thing, obviously because of COVID and the and the, the big break that they had, I think that sort of thing would just help clubs generally. Um, yeah. I think those sort of, they're kind of internal issues in the league. Those sort of, th- uh, those sort of things are probably more justified to be annoyed about for him. Well, Alex, obviously you support Cardiff who were in the AFL and they fought that five good rule in. Are you surprised it's been brought in in the AFL and not the Premier League, or is it more um, that the AFL clubs need it? Because obviously you'll know more about the Championship clubs and the squad depth they have, or do you think no. that it should be ruled out across the board? I, no, I, to be fair, I, I do think I don't know why they changed it from five subs because it it does make things a bit easier. But what I'm saying about Klopp, you, you, he's moaning about this, blah blah blah. But the injuries he's had, Van Dijk was a literally like a suicidal tackle from Pickford. Gomez was injured playing for England. Um, I'm not sure if Thiago got injured playing against Everton on that Richarlison tackle. I might be wrong about that. So what's he moaning about? There's been one or two muscle injuries. Everyone's going to get that. I I just don't get the the moaning of it all. I'm sorry. I, I think five subs would be sensible, but he's moaning. Now, nothing would have stopped what Pickford did to Van Dijk. That could have been playing 26 games a week or one game a week. So I'm I'm sorry I no I I I'm not I said I think it should be five subs that's the only thing I agree with the rest I just think get on with it I'm sorry I I, I got no sympathy at all like you said about their injury list Van Dyke's got new injury Gomez knee Alexander Arnold has got a calf tighter um, hamstring Thiago then Alex Oxlade Chamberlain have both got knee and then James Milner a thigh so 
obviously by the sound of it, apart from Van Dyke and Gomez, they, they're all coming back obviously for the Christmas, which is obviously a major boost for Liverpool. So, I mean, you look at it as well. They're half twelve games they've had since since the start of last year. They beat Newcastle three one. Um, what they do they after the international break? Then they beat Sheffield United one nil after an EFL Cup tie, and then they beat Watford after the Champions League on a Tuesday, and then 2-1 after an FA Cup tie last year um, against Bournemouth. And then this year, OK, they haven't they haven't won a game. Well, they've drawn the both against Everton after the international break and then obviously Brighton on the weekend. So is it a factor that Lloyd, the Liverpool, should just, Klopp should just be told, shut up for that game? Or, or do does Jurgen Klopp have a case of, Playing them on a half twelve because, like we played the clip a few shows ago about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, and he said about us travelling back from Turkey and then only um, having the Friday to prepare for that obviously Everton game, and then it paid off for us. So, does Klopp have a bit of a case? I I, I kind of get what he's saying, but I I definitely agree there. It's just been get on with it. Like Klopp, he complains all the time as well. Like I mean, like he complains about the, like the rain. Like that's why he blames all of his losses because <laughs> of the rain. All he does is complain, and he he was arguing and shouting at the BT guy, Des Kelly. It, it was doing that's nothing right. wrong. He like he was saying, well, okay, it's not us who make the decision. Why are you arguing with the, the, like with the people who show it? Why are you arguing with the BT? They don't make the decision when the game time is. He's stu- he's stupid, and he's just arguing because he's he's gone and he's drawn when he thinks he should have won. And instead, he's just going to argue her and blame it on the fact that it's stupid. Yeah, I, 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 I really disagree, and I think he should just get on with it. But like, he's, like he has this squad, he's going to lose some money on, and he's just had these like they're, they're not muscular injuries. He's just been unlucky with most of them. Yeah, and I think he woke up a bit outside of uh, bed, the wrong end. Obviously, he had to go at the fourth official for that last penalty, and as you said, he had to go at the BT official. But I agree with Alex. I think. BT and Sky and Amazon and BBC pay a lot for these. Well, I don't know how much BBC pay for the games or whether they get given them for free. Um, but you look at Amazon, Sky, BT, they all pay good money for these. So, you know, like Alex said, they don't really care if, you know, that they played on a Friday night and they were going to play on a Saturday morning. Obviously, it wouldn't happen. But, you know, <laughs> I think you should just shut up and, and get on with it, I suppose, at the end of the day. Um, but for Brighton and I suppose they could have won it. I suppose Graham Park probably would have taken a point if um, before going into it there. So I think Brighton started really well the season. As we said, talked about them a few shows ago. Um, in the next game, then I'm really looking forward to this. Um, Man City beat Burnley five 0 but one talking point was Riyad Mahrez's hat trick. Um, now, Alex, you said previously on the past two shows when we've been talking about Man City that Mahrez, you don't get why he starts over Phil Foden. You said he was overrated. You've, you've had a go at him. Are you going to eat humble pie and admit you was wrong? Well, after one hat-trick against Burnley? No, I'm not. I still think he's overrated. And I still think, unless he puts a, a consistently good run in, he, he's, I still think there's better players at Man City. Than, how, many, than how, many, how many players have scored hat-tricks this season or even against Burnley previously? Well, like, I don't know, but all I'm saying is Burnley went there with a a bit of a gamble. They were absolutely 
shredded. And I'm not debating he's not a good player, but I still think he's overrated and he's he hasn't done what he should be doing. I still think Foden's a better option. But you look, obviously, he hasn't been the best this season. He, he has been playing, but he had that great goal against Leicester. He played really well against Burnley. Is Alex wrong, Max? I mean, about my, I'm, I mean, it's Burnley. Uh, they, they had a rotation keeper as well. I think it's very important to take into account. And Man City always smashed Burnley. So a, a play doing well, if Man City played doing well against Burnley, isn't really... You know anything special, but um, I mean I think Mares is good, but he's inconsistent. So I, I and I think. Thanks, Max. No, I don't, I, I don't know. I think he's a good player. I wouldn't say he's world class, like a lot of people said when he comes from Leicester. But um, you know, if if it annoys Alex, um, Alex is a brilliant player. <laughs> um, so as he said, they have brilliant performance on Man City. They always seem to uh, beat Burnley 5-0 at the Etihad. As I said, Mare scored a hat-trick. Benjamin Mendy got one. And then Ferran Torres actually scored a goal outside of the Champions League um, for Man City as well. To wrap up um, a miserable day for Burnley. Um, it certainly wasn't a happy place, as uh, Jordan described on I'm a celebrity. It certainly wasn't a happy place for Burnley, so let's hope they do have, uh, for their sake, happier places. I've been willing to get that in the past few shows and finally I could. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> brilliant performance from um, Man City as well. They got um, us coming up in a few weeks, so follow them there so on the weekend, and then it's uh, away at Man United, so hopefully we can um, you know, like do what we always do and and beat them. Um, there in the uh, 5.30 game then, it was a very good game actually and there were a lot of people said, oh, it was only 1-0 to Leeds. It should have been probably about 4-4 at half time. Um, Leeds winning 1-0 at Everton. Rafina, it was brilliant all game, got the goal in the 79th minute. Um, Everton again had goals ruled out for um, VAR as well. They had Richarlison, looked really good. Hammer started to... Um, show his form he started um, to produce in the first few games as well but Everton couldn't really find a, a way uh, past uh, Melee in goal and then Bamford had a few chances as well but was it a deserved win for Leeds Lloyd or would you say Everton maybe should have at least got a point uh, yeah, I, I do think it was a deserved win for Leeds but uh, I think Everton did look quite good though and they were unlucky not to get a goal but I, I do think Lee's really bad team. that did deserve to win. And Rafinha as well. He looks really good. He, he looks like a really good player as well. Yeah, it's, there was uh, 38 shots on um, in the game, the most in a Premier League game uh, this season. And then the 39, um, there was 39 obviously last season um, as well. So it's pretty entertaining game as well 30 years ago then um, was the last time Leeds won at Everton so it was very good for them to get the three points there and then West Brom beat Sheffield United um, probably we've said that possibly them two teams might go down it was certainly um, I don't know a six pointer you could call it literally for um, for both teams there Gallagher getting the goal after 13 minutes for West Brom are they starting to to show some glimpses, Max, that they could get out of the relegation battle. I mean, they've been showing performances that, that suggest that for, for a while. I think Chelsea's obviously a notable example. But, um, Man United. 
I mean, I don't. I mean, it's it's too early to say. You know, picking up picking up a few wins here and there, and against Sheffield United of all teams, I'm not sure if the. I mean, I think in terms of the the teams around it, I think I, I mean I don't think there's any nailed on teams. Uh, maybe Sheffield is one of them, but we've seen what they're capable of capable of in the past. So I think they've definitely shown that they have have the capability, but it's too early to say. What has gone on for Sheffield United then, Lloyd? Obviously, they were um, potential at one stage last year before we went into the lockdown, potentially challenging for the Champions League. Now they're, um, they're well, I'm not going to say last of the Premier League. What do you think's gone wrong in the past, what, 12, just under 12 months? Well, a lot of the same problems are still happening from last season. Like last season, one of their big weaknesses was they they couldn't score goals. They didn't really have anyone to score goals. They scored like they scored like thirty in the league or something, which just isn't enough really. Like especially considering the places they finished, they they kind of got carried by their defence. And then this season, their defence hasn't really been that good. They have lost in Henderson as well, which is a very big loss for them. And they just, they just haven't had anyone to finish the chances. They've been creating well. They've been playing quite well. But just no one can finish them. Both of these strikers can't finish. And they bought Rian Brewster for like 25 million, which makes no sense at all. They bought this unproven like youth talent. And all they need is someone who can finish a chance. Like what Newcastle did in the summer was perfect. They bought Wilson. Perfect. They needed somebody who can finish a chance after playing Joe Linton wrong. And him not scoring a match. So they went out and they bought a Premier League proven goal scorer. I think if Sheffield United do that, they'll get out of the relegation zone. But it might be too late now if this horrific one-point start. Yeah, it hasn't been um, the greatest start for Sheffield United. A lot of teams expect them to, to possibly challenge maybe for a top 10 this year again. But as you said, only one point from the first 10 games. Um, then in the uh, in the early game on Sunday, it was involving my team, Man United, winning away at 3-2 um, at Southampton. Bednarek, who's just signed um, a new contract at Southampton, he scored after 23 minutes, a header from a, a Ward-Prowse corner. And then um, James Ward-Prowse scored a brilliant free kick in the 33rd minute. Um, and Southampton went 2-0 up at half-time. And then we did what we do... Uh, best we give him a bit of an advantage and then we come back Bruno doing what he what he normally does and not score penalties um in the 59th minute and then Cavani showing his class um what he's been showing at PSG the past few years and scoring in the 74th and then the the last minute Alex is it a better performance from us compared to recent weeks well you can't get any worse from recent weeks so yeah it's got it's got to be got to be better but um, I, I gotta admit, I, I will put my hand up that, that Bruno Fernandez he, he is a quality player. I got no 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 arguments about that. And his professionalism is just unbelievable. I don't know if you saw the clip when um, yeah after the second goal yeah That's it. yeah yeah you know to get them all back you you can't fault that guy's winning mentality and um, yeah you you do, you do wonder with um, you know where they'd be if they hadn't signed him and when they signed him. So yeah, it's a better performance. Thinking. But um, I still think there's a lot to do for United. A lot a lot to do. Oh, yeah, no doubt in that um, as well. But obviously Cavani obviously got two goals and an assist and he's actually late off uh, coming onto the pitch as well because he forgot his boots. Yeah. So it was an <laughs> extraordinary moment. But, uh, you know, a lot of people doubted him. Um, I thought, you know, he's a quality player. I, I did think he would 
do well, but I did have, I, I wasn't not going to sit here and say I was 100% convinced that he was going to do well. I, I was convinced a lot, but there were a few doubts. Was he going to be like a, a Zlatan, but not as good? Obviously, Zlatan was, what, 30-odd when he came to, to us, and he did and he did all right. So, um, Cavani, is he a good signing for us, Lloyd? Uh, well, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a good signing. He, like, he's an actual number nine. Like, you've been playing Martial at top, but it, it doesn't work because he isn't a number nine. And as soon as Cavani arrives, changed the game. Like, he was linking that play really on. Like, he got the assist, and then he got the goals as well. He, he played amazingly well. It was because, like, you, your system has been begging for number nine. Yeah. And you've got, you've got a, like, a really good one now. Like, yeah, he is a bit old. You're not, like, you're not going to sell him on for profit or anything. But he's going to get the job then. You go on a free. I think it's a really good signing. It makes a lot of sense. And he's going to improve his team a lot. Like, he already has. Yeah, hopefully um, he does. Now, they were, it was a bit of an incident with him after on um, social media, something he said as well. So there are a few questions whether he'll get banned at this moment in time as we film this. There is no clarification as well. So um, let's see what happens in the um, next few days. Well, one, the, it was a bit of an injury concern. No, David De Gea went off. Um, well, when James Ward-Prowse scored the free kick, De Gea clattered into the post and then he played on for a bit and then eventually come off at half-time for, for Dean Henderson. But uh, back to you, Alex. Obviously, looking at our starting team um, in front of me now, I think I think it was a pretty good team, actually. We had De Gea, Alex Tellez, Maguire, Lindelof, Wan-Bissaka as a back four. And then we had the, the diamond of Van der Beek, Matic, Fred, Fernandez, and then Rashford and Greenwood up top. Is that... Uh, and then Cavani coming off the, um, the bench. Is, is that a good system for United to play? And is, is have we finally found a, a starting team that can be, I'm not going to say world beaters, but better than we were? Well, like I said, you can't get worse. So it doesn't, you, 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 yeah, you're going to be better. Because literally, uh, for a club like Man United, you cannot get, you couldn't go worse on how you're playing. But I... I still think if you give most teams a 2-0 start, like your Spurs, like your Arsenal, like your Man Cities, you ain't coming back from that. It's as simple as that. So you, you, you can't afford to defend like that and give away two goals against teams. No disrespect to Southampton, who are going to finish you off way, way before that. So no, I, I wouldn't get too excited if I was you. Yeah, but you look, the second goal was, was unconceivable. you got to admit that. Don't give away free kicks and just at the box then. No, no, no. Every team does that. No, no every, every good manager will look at Southampton, look at Woodprouse and say, be careful about giving free kicks away outside the box. Every good manager will do that. I guarantee you, Ole didn't do that. I, to be fair, I have him in my fancy team. I'm not going to say I, I hope they scored there because well, why, he, why would I want him to know? <laughs> <laughs> Ward Faust, but um, you know, I, I did, I did think that as soon as Ward Faust stepped over, even from that range, you you look at his pass, and I did wonder and think, oh no, he's going to score, and it was a brilliant free kick, despite the hay again, um, getting a hand to it. it. Just it wasn't enough though, but um, it was good enough though. The comeback in the second half to get the job done for us, winning three two away at Southampton in the next game then. Um, arguably probably the game of the weekend probably wasn't really the game of the day really um, Chelsea nil, Tottenham nil both teams probably would settle for a point Max, you 
happy with the point. Yeah, I mean, I would have taken a point before going into it. Obviously, a win would have been excellent, but almost too good to be true, really. So, a point is a good result. Now, it's it's so congested in the in the Premier League. I mean, we got. I'm not going to say we're going to sit here and say we're going to win the league, but we we're on nine games. We've got a game in hand. We're on you. We're five points. If we win that, obviously down to two. Then and I think I don't know. It's, it's so tight. Probably anyone from at the minute, obviously not, probably not realistically, but from tenth in Man City on fifteen, it could be anyone's if if they continue the form. Is it is it going to be your year considering? The performances so far, and you are picking up. Obviously, you beat us, and you've got a point against Chelsea. Points against the better teams, I suppose, and taking them off the better teams. I mean, I think the Liverpool game is going to be the the main teller, uh, uh, and after that game, you'll have a clearer idea of what uh, is actually possible. But um, obviously, so far, it's looked good and especially against the, the bigger teams is they've been some good results and um, the ability to get uh, points when you haven't necessarily played well so um, you know, I mean you know so far so good really yeah um, brings us on obviously you've got Arsenal um, next week nice easy nice easy game for you Max well, I mean I don't think you can ever say that with the, North, the derby really uh, and especially against Arsenal, who are going to probably play very defensively, and you're really going to have to, you're going to have to really go at them. And um, I mean, I mean, always going to be nervous from the derby, especially because it will be so embarrassing if you lost it. And um, <laughs> but, um, Mourinho said that apparently Kane has picked up an injury or something like that. He, then people Mind are speculating. Games. Mine, yeah. that he was just lying about it, and he he did that before. He did that for the Man United game with Son, um, who actually ended up starting when Mourinho said he would probably wouldn't even. Be available he he did quite well then as well. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as I said there, Matt, you've done um, you've done so well against the top teams this year, Man United and and Chelsea. Would it be a disappointment um, losing against a smaller team in in Arsenal this year? Considering you have beaten, you have played well against and taken points off the better team so far. That's true. That's very true, Leon. You you don't want to do a Robin Hood and take from the poor, um, uh, take from the rich and give it to the poor. So you know, you don't want to um, be losing to a a bottom ten team like Arsenal. Our bottom. Oh, remember well, we team that beat you at Old Trafford. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, it doesn't matter, it's all about the league table and we still even got a game in hand on you as well. So yeah, we're, it's like 10 there. Yeah. It's like a, there's three but, quarters of the season left. <laughs> but um, Lloyd, before we talk about your embarrassing performance against Wolves, um, staying on that North London derby, um, Ian Wright said on these um, Wrighty's House podcast that this is as afraid as I've been for North London derby in a while. They've got more. They've got Mourinho. He wants to embarrass us. All joke aside, now about this North London derby. Do you worry going into it a little, considering your form recently? And we'll talk more about your Wolves performance. Um, is it? I, I'm not going to say embarrassing because I don't think you'll get hammered. I think Tottenham will win it. But 
have you got a bit of a fear that something or some things might go horribly wrong? Uh, well, yeah, obviously, there's always that fear, and like especially considering the form of the current moment. Like, yeah, I'm very, I'm very scared going into it, really. Like, I'd, I'd hate to take a really embarrassing loss, like a six-one. <laughs> that'd, that'd be really horrible. <laughs> but like, uh, like we're also in bad form, and they're in amazing form. But like, it, it doesn't matter. It's a derby game. Everything changes. Like, you can really see anything happening. It was the opposite last season, really. Everybody thought Arsenal were going to bat. See, exactly. Okay, Even it was against it's one, Like, it's a dar- anything can happen in a derby game. Oh, so yeah. we, we, we could go and win 3 0. I'm not saying we will, but anything can happen. Like, yeah, I, I, he... like I'm, I'm not confident going into it, but I'm never confident going into it. But I'm not going to, like, I'm not just going to be really pessimistic about it. Like, there's always the chance. I agree. They'd never be confident going into a football game, especially with teams like Man United and Arsenal. I've been confident with Man United and we've come out and beat Hammers too. Um, <laughs> never be too confident. But Ian Wright as well said that um, maybe, you know, on the Arsenal's form, you could throw in a, a Reese Nelson or a Saka or um, bring them in for maybe a Willian um, to throw something new into the mix. Do you agree with Wrighty on, the, on that point? Uh, well, yeah, like if we're talking specifically against Wolves, I saw lots of people complaining that Reese Nelson wasn't starting over Willian, which does make sense because, like, two, three days ago, Willian, uh, Reese Nelson played a full 90 in the Europa League. And especially in a tough game like Wolves, you want the, you want the more experienced player in Willian. So I, I definitely think that makes sense. But uh, Reese Nelson's a player I really like. He's gifted with technical ability. And I'd love to see him start a few more games for us because he's really creative as well. I think statistically, he's our third best creator. And our first best creator has been for the squad. So I do think Reese Nelson should deserve more of a chance. Like I like said, Bakayo Sack as well. We've relied on him heavily this season. And he's, he's been really solid. And he's very versatile as well. He's a great youth talent. Yeah, um, as he said there, you lost 2-1 at home to um, Wolves on, on Sunday. Um, I suppose the game was probably overshadowed. Um, I think was it It was probably the first five minutes when it when that yeah. horrible head injury um, to Raul Jimenez and I was watching it, the, the game for the crowd noise on the new even year over it. Uh, it came out after that he's I think he's a fractured skull is it that he's yeah. that he sustained there so you'd probably think he's out for for quite a while um, obviously I'll, or hopefully while Jimenez will be back fit and um, ready to play for Wolves again he's certainly a brilliant player as well so hopefully he'll be back as soon as possible when it's safe for him to do so um, part of the collision then was obviously with David Luiz um, he collided with him and um, I think he had a concussion test on the pitch. Um, Alex, obviously, we, we don't know what went on with David Luiz. He might have been all right. He might not have. Um, but a lot of pundits, especially Alan Shearer, after he did a documentary on it, has said that um, maybe you could have a neutral doctor to test out on him. Or, I don't know, they have, they have NHS staff at the side. Do you think more should be done about... Um, possible concussions or head injuries considering you know the amount of talk there has been going on about head in the ball and, and everything that's going on should more be done no not really and I, and I think it's a bit it's a bit of a cheek of someone like Alan Shearer to question the no professionality of a doctor a doctor's not going to lie no matter what doctor it is 
just for someone to play on in a game. And no disrespect, it's, it's a meaningless game in in a way. It's, it's ninth game of the season. I I think it's a bit harsh. Now he did what what he did. I don't know what the checks are because I'm not a doctor, but I, he would have passed that test. Now I was informed um, by an Arsenal fan who I work with. He said he came off because they were concerned about the blood clotting and getting you know things like that. So it was nothing to do with the concussion. Now a doctor's not going to lie because I think especially with all the the press, the social media. Why would a doctor risk his his sort of livelihood and his it's profession? Job. Yeah, I, I just, I, I just, I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I, I don't know what the concussion test is. But I'm sure that he would have passed that concussion test because the doctor would have, would have, would have told Arteta or whoever to take him off. So I think to shield the question him is a bit of a bit of a cheat, if I'm honest. Yeah, but um, for Arsenal and obviously. Um, Apart from that dreadful incident, it was um, a dreadful day for Arsenal. Lloyd, try and try and give us. Is there any positives you you can take out of that, or is it you know doom uh, gloom? Uh, there's not many positives. As you say, Gabriel <laughs> plays quite well. Like he, he, he yeah. always does. He's he's looking like a solid purchase. He's by far been one of the highlights of the season for us. Is and he, he, he actually looks solid. Is he signing of the season? Uh, it, it turns out you're talking like I, I would say that Hamas Rodriguez has to be the centre of the season purely on the fact that they've gone for free. I think, no, I they, think they've got it, they, they've gone for free. They've got this amazing creative player who's completely changed their team and they've gone for free. At the, at the start of the, the season, obviously, when the transfer window closed, I 100% agree with it. But I look at Hamas Rodriguez and that performance against Leeds, um, and Okay, he hasn't the past three, what three, four games, he hasn't been performing to what he has. What the first, don't know, three, four games, he hasn't really been doing it. The next three, four games, whether or not his confidence dipped or something's gone on, and he did look better against Leeds. And then you could probably say maybe Thiago is a good signing for Liverpool, even though he hasn't played. Obviously, Diego Jota as well. He scored on the weekend against Brighton. And he scored loads of goals for Liverpool in the Premier League and the Champions League as well. But I don't know. It's a it's a hard one to say because I think Gabriel is a very good signing for you. I think we were linked with him late on, but we seem to be linked with everyone. But I think that's a very good signing for you because I think Mossy in your defence is the best defence in the world because you'd probably agree with me. It's not, but Gabriel has brought more, you know, more positive, a bit of positivity and a bit of structure and, and safety to that defence that you can probably rely on Gabriel. Okay, he might make an error. Everyone makes an error, but he hasn't got that many errors in him. Say, like, I don't know, David Luiz or maybe, um, I don't know, a Bellerin or a Tierney, just some of your defenders or, you know, a Xhaka playing in midfield. And I think I think he has had a, a major impact on, on Arsenal. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, definitely. He's he's been perfect, basically. Like I mean, like I I wouldn't call it a mistake, but I remember in the first game against Fulham, he made like he didn't pass it back well to Leno because he received a bad pass, and then like like they got onto it but didn't score. But that's literally the only error he's, he's slightly made. Yeah, like against West Ham, he made a game-winning block against Antonio to prevent another goal. Uh, he's he's been perfectly he's, he's been perfect and perfectly solid. Like, I, I couldn't be any happier with him. And he, he was an amazing signing, like twenty-two million pounds, and he's twenty-two years old as well. He's yeah. by far been the heart of our season, and a very poor, very bad performance season. 
But um, obviously, aside from that brilliant performance from um, Wolves as well, Pedro Neto scored in the 27th minute. And then Gabriel scored three minutes later. And then Podence in the 42nd minute. And then in the second half, there was no more goals from there. But for, um, for Arsenal Lloyd, obviously, we... Right, you wind me up every week about Man United and especially when you beat us and we said that Arsenal are starting to turn a corner I'm not saying we're turning a massive corner I suppose we are getting better because we're going higher up in the league I know we shouldn't be you know, happy with eight but every time we seem to say that it's the same probably with Man United especially with Arsenal every, every time we seem to say Arsenal are turning a corner and starting to look better it's two steps forward, three steps back, if you get what I mean, because something good, you'll go and get a good result against us, and then you'll go and have um, a few bad results on the trot. So, one needs to, to go on to keep that consistency then. Well, the, the teams will need to change. Like, the team the team is the issue. Like, our board is amazing now. Like, like we sacked a few of the board members, a few of them left. Uh, we've now employed, employed the better ones like the stability is way better behind the scenes Arteta is an amazing manager and when you say that we've turned a corner I assume that's our two trophies in the first year and then like it was just we've looked way better under Arteta he's changed the mentality completely we've won stuff already with a terrible squad like for for more improvement like chance for top four chance for the title in a few years we need to improve the team first like when you said United have turned a corner as well but I'm not really sure where that corner is no, I... What have you done within the past three years? You've turned a corner. You're going to go well, nowhere under well, it. It's not a serious manager. Well, for starters, we, we've qualified for the Champions League um, more, more than Arsenal have done. I think, I think, are you playing in a bit now? Yes, it is Thursday night, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So you're obviously playing tonight in Thursday night like you have been for the past seasons or so. Okay, you won the FA Cup. You did really well. You won a community shield that it's a 50-50 game either you or Liverpool could have won and it's a pre-season trophy I respect the community shield but you know you can hardly go around saying oh we've won the community shield happy days well done you won a a 50-50 game but obviously you did really well in the FA Cup you've started a few youngsters throughout the competition you got stronger and you did really well but come on really we haven't turned a corner we come third last year in the past three years, we come third last year, we've reached the Europa League semi-finals. Okay, we should probably be reaching the final. Um, we had we had a few unbeaten runs. I'm not saying we've been perfect under Ali. That's far from it. We've qualified for the champ. Have you had a problem yet, got- Leon? No, but we've qualified Seriously, for the champ. No, 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 no. Look, wait a minute. You, you had a go at Lloyd then for about the Community Shield. You can't even qualify for the Community Shield. So, I, I, I don't see what you're getting at there. You, you surely can't throw that at him. Because you, no, you, you haven't had the consistency to actually qualify to get into the community shield. That's how bad you've become. Yeah, but we've... You think he, Lloyd just said then, we, what have we done? The corner. No, what have you won, three. he said. You, you said he you said made semi-finals. Last season, you got three semi-finals. And you lost all of them. Yeah, well, OK, I, I agree with that. We're poor when it comes to semi-finals. But we are, I'm not saying we've had a major corner turn, but we've had, I reckon, obviously you've won trophies, but 
I'd say we're probably on the same level corner because we've qualified for the Champions League. Now, if, if Arsenal qualified for the Champions League this year, which they might do, they might not, you'd probably say you've turned the corner because you've qualified for the Champions League, which you haven't done in so many years, and you've won trophies. But at this moment in time, I'd probably say we've turned a, a better corner because with you, you you always say, right, well done, you beat us, you're starting to look better. And like I said, it's two steps forward and about three steps back. I mean, you're 14th now. OK, I'm not saying we've been brilliant. We've scraped a few results. Like, OK, we had a brilliant performance against Sampton to come back. And um, we were poor against West Brom. We have been poor. But we're starting to get results that are lifting us in the table. For you, it's starting to be like you're beating, you're beating us. You've had good results against Liverpool in your past. But you're still, what? three places, four places above the relegation zone. So uh, I honestly think we've we've turned a corner better than you are. No, I can't I can't agree with that, Leon, because I think with Arteta, they have got a they have got a much, much better manager in Arteta than you've got in Ollie. And I think if you yeah, give him, if, you, if you give him a few windows to work with, I think with time Arteta could turn Arsenal back into the force they were. I don't think Ollie he couldn't turn no, anything I, back into the force they were so I, I I think you're off the mark there in my opinion I think no I, I don't think don't think Arteta can, can win you the, the Champions League or the Premier League I think I think he can get you into the Champions I don't think I look at your players okay you've attracted good players but are you really going to attract the likes of I don't know, Mbappe, for example, quality players like like, like two clubs in the world can attract Mbappe yeah, yeah we're not going for the Mbappes Remember when Liverpool went through this transition phase? They didn't go for... They didn't sign these world-class players, did they? They signed Salah and Mane. Well, well, they're literally known for being amazing business by Liverpool because they didn't sign these world-class talents. They signed these two players who who were performing well and they they made them into these world-class players that they are now. That's what what you need to do to be a top club. You can't be United and buy everything because you get like 200 mil a year. For a top I club, agree, to but... you, are, you have to produce the players. I agree. I just think I think we've turned more of a corner than than you have. Obviously, I'm all right. We like to wind you up, but league table. But I think you know, if you qualify for the Champions League, I'll come on you and say you probably have turned a corner because you've qualified for the, how long is it? And when when did you last qualify for Champions League? What four, was it? Four years ago? Yeah, three, four years. Yeah, three, four years ago. Okay, there you go. Um, and if you qualify for the Champions League this year, which you might do, obviously, as you said, it's only 10 games in, you would have turned the corner because you would have qualified for the Champions League under Arteta. You would have won two trophies. All right, we discard the, the Community Shield, but it's still a respected trophy, I suppose, at the end of the day. And you've won two, two trophies. But I still think at this moment in time, this day, I think we've, we've turned the corner more. But, you know, only, only time will tell. Um, one team that um, I suppose is starting to, to keep up some good form, but then also lose a few games at the same time, is Leicester. They lost at home to Fulham 2-1. Um, Fulham, brilliant performance. And then, obviously, um, Leicester with the late goal through um, Harvey Barnes was... I don't know, if you're a Fulham fan, you're probably really nervous, but they did manage to to hang on after two early goals from Luckman and they actually scored a penalty, believe you or not, through Ivan um, Cavalio as well, who obviously missed against um, to Everton as well. And they had a, a brilliant um, 
Cavalio held up, yeah, no, Luckman, I think, held up a, um, a shirt after his goal, obviously, to um, Papa Diop, who obviously died this week, aged um, 42 as well. So it was a, a brilliant tribute and brilliant way for um, Fulham to to market. But we probably can all agree that Fulham will probably get relegated this year. Anyone think different? No. No. I think, I think they will go down. And in the last game then, um, two teams are starting to improve compared to last year. Two actual teams that were in the bottom half um, last year. West Ham and Villa. Um, West Ham winning 2-0 there. Ogbonna scoring after two minutes. And then Jack Green um, continuing his brilliant form, scoring in the 25th minute. And then Bowen in the, the 46th minute to get the um, three points there. And Ollie Watkins obviously missed that stinker. Um, Stinker effort, second half penalty, and then obviously had that really close offside um, towards the end of the game, which um, was a bit unlucky for Aston Villa. But um, Premier League table then, Tottenham at top on 21, Liverpool then second on 21, um, goal difference to seven between the teams. I think you've got Liverpool in three weeks, is it, Max? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think it's three weeks. And then Chelsea in third on 19. Leicester on 18 in the Champions League place at the minute. And then Southampton 17. Wolves 17. Everton 16. Man United 16 played nine. Aston Villa played nine in ninth on 15. Man City played nine in 10th on 15. West Ham played um, back onto 10 now on 14. Um, points then Leeds 14, Newcastle 14, Arsenal 13, Crystal Palace 13, Brighton 10, West Brom 6, and then the bottom three is Burnley, Fulham, Sheffield United, Burnley on five, Fulham on four, and Sheffield United on um, one point as well. So a lot to turn around for um, Arsenal as well. I think just looking at the fixtures, um, it was supposed to be Aston Villa, Newcastle on Friday night, but that obviously got um, postponed due to the positive test going around Newcastle, um, the club at the minute. So that's been postponed to the games then on Saturday. Burnley play Everton at half 12 on BT. Um, as well, Man City play Fulham on BT. Then it's the big big game of the weekend. West Ham v Man United at half five on Sky. Chelsea play Leeds at eight o'clock on Sky. Then it's Sunday, it's uh, another feast um, of football for the Premier League. And West Brom play Palace at 12. Sheffield United play Leicester at court past two. Tottenham play Arsenal at half four, all on Sky then. And then Liverpool play Wolves at court past seven on Amazon Prime. And then to round off the the fixtures, Brighton play Southampton at eight o'clock on Sky in the, um, the Monday night football. So obviously last week then, um, we didn't get a chance to talk about the, the Champions League. Was it the fourth match day? Um, obviously, doesn't involve Tottenham and uh, Tottenham and Arsenal. Not good enough for that competition, but it does involve the big four: Man United, Liverpool, Man City, and Chelsea. Um, Nineteen Man United were in action on Tuesday night in the first match day, um, hoping to avoid uh, another embarrassment against Istanbul, and we certainly did do that. Fernandez scored a brilliant volley in the seventh minute, and then scored in the nineteenth, and then he had um, a chance to score his hat-trick in the 35th minute, but just as he put the ball down on the spot, he then gave it to, to Marcus Rashford. And then Dan James come off the bench and linked up with Mason Greenwood, who also come off the bench to score in the, the 92nd minute. Truvich got a goal 
in the 75th minute for Istanbul. But Alex, you, you were telling me about this. You were really impressed with not just Bruno Fernandes' performance, but his courage to give up that penalty when he's on a hat-trick to Marcus Rashford. Yeah, as I said, I think he just shows his, the, the professionality of the guy. He's just um, unbelievable. I think all footballers, I would suggest, would like to score a hat-trick because it is um, a memorable thing to do. And fair play to him. You, you can't fault the guy. And I think, I don't know how old he is. How old is Bruno Flanders anyway? I don't know. Twenty, twenty-six, I think. Maybe he's show, he, Yeah, he's showing a lot of maturity beyond his years, I think, to be fair to him. And, you know, giving, giving youngsters the, the chance to get a bit of confidence. Yeah, t- totally impressed with him, to be fair. Is he is he in the top five um, best midfielders in the world? Whatever. No, in at the minute. I don't know as much about European football to say that. That's so why I don't know, but he's definitely one of the better players in the Premiership at the moment. I I can't deny that, but I don't really follow European football, so I, I, Max is probably all he's probably best to answer that. I'm not sure. Is he is he in the top five best midfielders in the world? Because obviously. You've been on on this show and you you have mocked him for always scoring penalties. But in the last few games, he scored headers, he scored fantastic volleys. Obviously, he scored a tap in, um, and he he has scored a lot of goals. He he can't really um unless he retakes them again, which obviously we did have on that one occasion. He can't really score penalties now, so he's got to do it a different way. Is he really? Is he? What do you say? World class in the top five best midfielders in the world? Something with you, Lloyd? I think Lloyd might have gone with Saki, I did say. Is he, is he Max then? Is he in the top five? Um, I mean, honestly, I mean, I think at the moment there's kind of a bit, bit of a drop in form for lots of the bigger teams. But I, I'd, I'd definitely say there's an argument to be made for him being like that. And I think the way he carries Man United on its own is, is testament to how good he is. And um, I mean, yeah, if I wouldn't be... A, in any way annoyed if somebody put him on the list of top five um, at the moment. I think he, he wouldn't look out of place there. Yeah, I'd probably, without being a bit biased, I think he is in, in the top five. Um, before, we, we'll talk about Leipzig PSG in a minute, but going back on to the groupies, back to the um, the first group in the uh, alphabet of that match day, Rennes won, Chelsea two, Hudson Adoy getting a goal after 22 minutes and then um, they ran scored in the 85th minute before Olivier Giroud coming off the bench, scoring in the 91st minute um, to for Chelsea to qualify after the four games there. In the other group game then, um, Sevilla won away at Kranestor 2-1, Rakitic scoring after four minutes, then Kranestor scored and um, Manua scored in the 90th minute as well. So that means then Chelsea and Sevilla um, qualify now on 10 points and then the race for the Europa League between Cranestor and Rennes, both teams on um, one point in, in that group. I think Chelsea plays severe in, in match day five in group F then. Dortmund beat Club Brugge 3-0. Haaland getting two and Sancho getting one. Lazio beat Zenit 3-1. Immobile getting two goals there for Lazio. So Dortmund top on nine and Lazio eight. Club Brugge four and Zenit one. In Group G, Barcelona won away at Dynamo Kiev 4-0. They didn't have Messi. They left him out of the squad. And they had um, Martin Braithwaite. Um, obviously, played for Middlesbrough a few years ago. Now he's uh, playing for Barcelona some um, two years it has been for him. He scored then. Des scored in the 52nd minute. And then 
Braithwaite scored in the 57th and then a penalty in the 70th minute and Griezmann rounded it off. A brilliant performance for Barcelona who have been struggling in La Liga. And Juventus beat um, Fernacos 2-1. Ronaldo and Morata scoring for Juventus there. Morata was actually on side this time to score. Um, so Barcelona unbeaten end at the top on 12. Juventus 9. Dynamo Kiev and Fernacos on 1. Back on to Group H then, Man United's group. PSG got a crucial win against Leipzig 1-0. Neymar scoring an 11th minute penalty to get um, PSG a massive three points there, which I think they were at threat of even going out of the competition. But now they're back in a hunt for it. Man United top on nine, PSG six, Leipzig six and Istanbul three. On to Wednesday then. Match day four is, is, is that table. On Wednesday then, um, Man United still top either way. On Wednesday then, um, obviously involved Liverpool on there. They had a shocking result against Atalanta, losing 2-0. Illich and um, Gossin scoring for Atalanta there at Anfield to get um, the win there and end the Liverpool run. Um, Max, you said a few weeks ago on um, Serie Atalanta weren't doing well. Um, quickly, how are Atalanta doing now and what's been going on in Serie A the past few weeks? I think the most interesting thing with, in the Serie A at the moment is um, uh, Milan. Milan are so excellent. They're still doing incredibly well. And I think, I mean, the last couple of years, they've been doing pretty poorly. Um, and now, now, they're, now they're top. They haven't lost a game. And honestly, it looks like they could win it this season. Um, five points clear at the top. and uh, Unbeaten. Um, Atalanta are still doing not not entirely not entirely well, especially considering how well they did last season in eighth. Currently, um, uh, they, they're still scoring lots of goals. Obviously, um, they have that capability in them, but again, not to the extent that they did last season. And um, it, it's disappointing to see, but uh, it's it's difficult to keep up that kind of quality uh, season after season. And um, Inter Milan have been looking a bit better and. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is back now. Obviously, he struggled with uh, the COVID-19 virus, uh, not being able to play. And um, the surprise team of Sassuolo are near the top as well. Uh, very good this season so far. And um, Napoli are also have, have kind of been inconsistent, but they've shown uh, moments of quality. And um, I mean, that's kind of all the real standout results, uh, all the standout teams and performers so far. Brilliant. Um, brilliant. Italy round up there. Um, back onto the Champions League then in Group A. Um, Atletico Madrid, another poor performance. Mr Lopez wasn't happy. They drew at home to Locomotive Moscow, 0-0. Bayern Munich beat Red Bull Salzburg of Austria, 3-1. Lewandowski and Sane in an own goal from Wobber um, to get Bayern Munich three points there. They are unbeaten on 12. Atletico Madrid on five. Locomo- Locomotive Moscow on three. And Red Bull Salzburg on one. In Group B then, Borussia Mönchengladbach beat Shakhtar 4-0. Real Madrid won away into Milan 2-0. Hazard and Rodrigo getting two crucial goals for Real Madrid there to get the win. They go up into second now. Borussia Mönchengladbach top on eight. Real Madrid then on seven. Shakhtar on four and into Milan on two. In Group C then, Man City, um, as, as always, they get the easy group and they certainly haven't made hard work of it. They... Um, top of it as you'd expect they won away at Olympiacos 1-0 obviously Arsenal lost to them last year in the Europa League 
Tottenham won away at Marseille to uh, Porto, sorry, won away at Marseille 2-0 there. So I think Man City and Porto are probably the two that are going to go through. So Man City top on 12, Porto 9, Olympiacos 3 and Marseille um, bottom on 0. Obviously, really poor and shocking from um expected them to be um, challenging in our group, but they haven't even got a point yet. Um, in Group D, then Ajax beat Michelin, New Boys, um, Michelin, obviously, of Denmark 3 1. And then, as I said, Liverpool lost at home to Atalanta 2 0. Liverpool probably still going to go through, though. They're top on 9. Ajax then on 7. Atalanta 7. And Michelin are on nothing. And then on to the, uh, the lower league competition, which won't be the lower league competition anymore. Obviously, with this European Conference League coming in, it does save the likes of. Tottenham and Arsenal, the embarrassment of being in Europe's lowest competition, unless they do go into the, the Conference League. But anyway, they played in the, the lowest competition at the minute um, in the Europa League as well. Some of the results then in Group A, Cruz lost at home to Roma 2-0. CSK Sofia lost at home to Young Boys 1-0. Roma, as expected, leading that group on 10. And then Young Boys 7, Cluj 4 and Sofia 1. Group B, I'm going to try and get this right this week. Dundalk Lost at home to Rapid Vienna 3-1. Arsenal won away at Mould 3-0. Pepe, Nelson and um, Balogun getting the goal there. Is he a youngster we should be looking out for, Lloyd? Uh, yeah, definitely. He's amazing. In the, in the under-21s Premier League, he's, he's been amazing. He has a better goal to go make than uh, Mason Greenwood. And he just looks like an amazing talent. So we, we served him on. And he scored within less than a minute. He's an, he's amazing and he's an amazing striker. He has really good instinct for a goal. I definitely think he's one to watch. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what he does in the next um, few seasons as well. Then obviously, as expected, you'll go through in in that group as well, probably as um, as group winners as well. You're top on twelve. Mold, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's old team on six, and then Rapid Vienna on six. So it's going to be tight to see who goes through. And sadly for Dundalk, at least I got their name right this week. That's probably the only good thing they can take from from that. They're um, bottom on zero in Group C. Then Bayer Leverkusen beat um, Halo B Shiva 4-1. Nice lost at home to Slavia Prague 3-1. So Slavia Prague at top on nine. Bayer Leverkusen nine. Um, nice on three and uh, Happel on three. In Group D then Rangers drew 2-2 with Benfica. Um, it looked like they were going to win it, um, but couldn't quite hang on there. Arfield and Roof for the goals, and then a Travenier own goal, and then Pizzi scoring in the 81st minute was enough for Benfica there. And the other game in our group, Standard Luege beat Lech Posen 2-1. So Rangers are still top though, eight, looking like they're going to go through. And Benfica in second on eight, Lech Posen on three, and Standard Luege on three. In group E then, Granada beat um, Umar Nicosia 2-1. PSV beat Pioke 3 2. So Granada are top on 10. PSV 6. Pioke 5. And Umar Nicosia 1. In Group F, AZ Alzheimer drew 0 0 with Real Sociedad. Napoli beat Rejector 2 0. So Napoli are top on 9. Real Sociedad 7. AZ Alzheimer 7. And Rejector 0 on, uh, without a point. And then Group G, AK Athens lost at home to Zora's Linsk of uh, Ukraine 3 0. Baraga drew 3 3 with um, Leicester, a very entertaining game. Baraga scored after four minutes, and then Harvey Barnes five minutes later. And then Porter went 2 1 ahead, and then Thomas scored for 
for Leicester in the 78th minute. And then Braga went 3-2 ahead in added time before Jamie Vardy um, sealed their, uh, or got a point back for um, Leicester, which all but sees them um, qualify as well in Group G. They're top on 10, Braga 7, AK Athens 3 and Zora Lintz gone. Um, free in, in that group as well so it looks really good for the um, English teams at the minute it don't look good though for one of the Scottish teams Celtic they're bottom of the group after they lost away at Sparta Prague 4-1 um, despite Edwards who was linked with Arsenal getting one of their goals there Lille drew with AC Milan 1-1 Bamba scoring for Lille um, don't, don't worry Cardiff fans he wasn't sold Bamba um, not that good um, there again facing Milan um, no I saw Bamba brilliant player and really nice bloke lucky to meet him so um, so yeah brilliant uh, brilliant player but no Lille are top one eight, AC Milan seven Sparta Park six and Celtic one in group E then Karabag of Azerbaijan lost at home to Spiraspor of Turkey 3-2 Macbeth Dial for Israel drew 1-1 with Villarreal Villarreal is still top then despite that draw on 10 Macbeth Tialv on seven, Spiritsborn on six, and Carabag, who are um, on, well, pointless so far. Um, there and then Group J, Tottenham's group, last lost at home to Antwerp, 2-0. Tottenham pretty much qualified now. They beat Ludogorets 4-0. Vince, Vincius getting two, High Winks getting um, one that was probably, well, even he admitted, was a, a cross. And if you haven't seen that goal, I would go on. Um, check it out and the highlights because he was definitely looking for, for Gareth Bale there but um, a bit of a fluke effort to go in and then Lucas Moore sealed it in the 73rd minute which means Tottenham still not top then obviously after that defeat to Royal Antwerp a few weeks ago but they Royal Antwerp are top on nine, Tottenham nine and then Lask six and Ludogrets, um pointless so far and then in Group K then, I think there's one more group to go after this. CSK Moscow drew with final nil-nil. Wolfsburg of Austria lost at home to Dynamo Zagreb 3-0. So it's Dynamo Zagreb on eight, final five. Wolfsburg AC on four and CSK Moscow bottom on three, which is a bit of a shock really that they're um, bottom. And then Group L, the final group, Red Star Belgrade won away against 2-0. And Hoffenheim won away at Libwick of Czech Republic 2-0, so Hoffenheim top on 12, Red Star Belgrade 9, Libwick 3 and Ghent um, a pointless then, so that's it for this week's um, football show then, not much of well normal abuse against me for um, Man United then um, we've gathered that to Tottenham are going to be title contenders, Arsenal are rubbish, and uh, they're not in the Champions League, and Man United have turned a better corner um, I'll leave it on that note Thank you for listening and goodbye. This Rashford. Fernandez with eyes on goal. Right, McCarthy wasn't going to get across to this one. Gea relatively unprotected by his own colleagues as they look to swing this one in. And it's got a touch and they've scored. And Jan Benderek is the man who got the vital touch. It's a routine goal for Manchester United to give away from a corner. 
Here's Walker Peters. And he got a deflection on its way through and skims against the post. It did its best, but a spin on the ball. Ooh. Oh, it's a mistake by McCarthy, giving it straight to Mason Greenwood. And Fernandez on the follow-up, and somehow McCarthy manages to repair the damage that he'd almost inflicted on his own team. Tremendous double save from the goalkeeper. Wodrowski. Well, that's what practice makes. Perfect. David De Gea is distraught. He felt he'd got to it, but he couldn't keep it out. Such was the quality in hitting just the right area of the goal. Here's Cavani. And Fernandez offers Manchester United a lifeline. For a change, they, they back off Southampton and, and Grant, perhaps United's most dangerous player. The room that he needs. Tellez pulls out the corner, McCarthy comes and gets there. It's lined up for Fernandez to hit one, and it's turned in by Cavani. A diving header from the substitute, and Manchester United have turned it round. Classic striker's goal, really. He's expecting it to come to him. The little deflection, he adjusts his body and he does what's necessary here. Rashford, Cavani! Exactly the kind of quality that they brought him in for. The second half super sub has turned around what was a desperate situation into scenes of elation.